0: That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. And we're also brought to you by the College Basketball Experience. March Madness is heating up, and you need to subscribe to the College Basketball Experience. It's awesome, baby. And welcome in to the Fantasy Football Podcast presented by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I'm your host, Justin Bruni. Joining me as always is my co-host, Mr. Andrew T.D. King. Rob, how we doing, sir?
1: Fantastic, man. Uh, you know, when the intro pops in like that and I first see my face, I feel like I should be like smoking a pipe or like something cool that people first see me, you know, or or maybe do the, uh, oh my God, what's the, what's the dude's name uh, who does the slide in on Monday Night Football's? Is it money number uh, Yeah, Collinsworth, thank you. Chris, Chris, Chris Collinsworth. Yeah, I, I feel like I, I should, like should do like a slide in something something cool, right? But no, it just pops up. Here I am fucking looking on my phone. So let's maybe, just get maybe, into
0: it. I like I like the cigar idea though. Maybe the cigar or the uh, tobacco pipe with maybe a monocle on a top hat. Oh,
1: I think that's right. Monopoly man style.
0: Yeah, I I think exactly, <laughs> exactly. But Monopoly Man with some edge, you know, like Monopoly Man meets like maybe the with most like interesting, the,
1: the old school Nelly uh scar with the fucking uh little band aid, the band aid there, yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like, like, that. I've I like been, that. Like I've seen shit, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. Like the most interesting <laughs> man in the world meets the Monopoly man, meets the peanut man. <laughs> if you get, to, get the pimp cane going as well. Uh, tonight, we are going to be covering our most exposed quarterbacks and tight ends on Underdog. We've been playing the big board. We've been drafting quite a bit. I'm up to 17. How about you?
1: Oh, uh, let me pull it up here right now. I think I have 18. Yes, I have 18 okay. big boards. Yeah.
0: Rob with the lead and with the, with the narrow edge there, you were behind for a bit. You were like five to seven behind there for a minute.
1: Yes. I have been doing a little research myself on, uh, other people doing live streams of the big board jumping, you know, okay. inserting myself into their conversations, just kind of versing myself with how other people are feeling about the big board, about certain positions, about the, you know, like the, it. the draft itself. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I did one last night, um, you know, with, uh, somebody I started following on YouTube. And uh, so, yeah, so I'm I'm now it's really starting to click in. I'm, I'm going to start doing more and more, uh, you know, every week.
0: All right, right on, right on. While we, uh, well, while you brought up research, uh, we definitely want to cover some recent news, uh, break into some of the um, the updates around the NFL. First up, I know that you were pretty excited about this one because you, uh, you know, kind of uh, uh, hit the headline before it reached the papers was uh, Travis Etienne potentially not being favored at that ADP. Doug Peterson talking about having two to three guys, you know, to offer a firm role for the running backs on his roster. You know, you were saying to avoid that ETN at his ADP. I've been picking them up, but I've also been stacking them quite a bit.
1: Yeah. I mean, I you know, and I put this question out on Twitter and I had a couple people respond back and, you know, everyone kind of had the same sentiment of 30 is probably a little too high for the ADP, right? That's mm-hmm. definitely going to probably come down if they're going to introduce an, another one to two, because he actually said he wants – a possible rotation of two to three to four running. Backs. Uh, yeah. like, I, I, I definitely absurd. caught the
0: number four in there too. Yeah. And the, this little headline that I read, it was only two to three. They're, yeah. they're doing he, a they're, their readers more. a disservice.
1: It's, it, you know, it's absurd. Um, now again, like, is that just coach talk? Sure. You know, we are again in the beginning of March, so can't really read in too, too much to it but it is a little alarming, especially at the ADP. So I expect it to fall. And I'll tell you, once it does fall and settles in, hopefully somewhere around maybe 42-ish, 40. I mean, I could see it dropping 10, 10 to 12, you know, a full round. I would probably be more of a buyer at that point. Um, I do mm-hmm. like ETN. It's more or less for me about his ADP. So I definitely think that this will hurt. Um, You know, it, it's it's unfortunate for ETN because, again, he was good. But, yeah, I mean, I, I read this a couple of different spots a few weeks ago, and uh, yeah, unfortunately it's coming through uh, to fruition right now.
0: I mean, we've seen what Doug Peterson can do with the running back position. Let's just hope that, you know, ETN, at least for my sake, for all the shares that I have, you know, he can, you know, shine in the group, whatever that group will consist of. I do know that they re-signed Jermichael Hasty. Uh, You and I had kind of bantered a little bit back and forth about potentially Jarek McKinnon. That would be kind of interesting. And, you know, it's, it's probably not likely, you know, to the point that you had made, but you know, there's not really other, any other places like you and I discussed also uh, other than Kansas city. So it's just kind of like a dark horse type of candidate, but you know, uh, what would you think if they added like David Montgomery?
1: Uh, I mean, honestly, that's, it's not a bad it, for Dave Montgomery. It'd be fantastic. Uh, mm-hmm. for Etn, Dave Montgomery is still a decent running back, so mm-hmm. I think that that would not be good for him. Um, you know, I, I definitely think that he would probably see somewhere in the ballpark of a maybe sixty five ish, seventy ish percent targets sh- or um, you know, shares of the uh, of the workload there. So, mm-hmm. is that good for him? Is that bad for him? It, you know, it's unforeseen, but. He did have a good, you know, towards the end of the year, he was running the ball very well, you know, very efficiently. I believe he was really close to five yards a carry. So does he need a lot of work to, you know, provide value? Not a ton. I would Mm -hmm. like to see him get more passing down work. That obviously I think is a game-by-game kind of script right there. So I I think Montgomery would be an okay thing. I, I would really hate if they went and, you know, made a conscious effort to get one of these you know good run, uh, rookie running backs that are coming out. I think that that would hurt him ultimately the most.
0: Yeah, and like you had also mentioned, there's also there's no connection between this uh, this regime and Travis Etienne. That's always so a problem. That's always been an issue in the past. <clears throat> no loyalty there, <clears throat> especially in the uh, in the NFL. It's, it's a mean streets. So that's 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 for sure. Uh, Just look at the franchise tag; Uh, it's just a terrible proposition. Uh, Etn, I don't hate the ADP, Mm -hmm. but I think that we are going to be able to get him at uh, better value going forward. So until we see how this you know situation unfolds, you may want to be a little bit more hesitant, you know, when drafting him in the earlier rounds. Uh, This next guy up, Dalton Schultz, looks like it's being reported that there is little momentum towards Dalton Schultz returning to the Cowboys. We had peeped this uh, on our last episode. I had grabbed him in one of our drafts. I'm excited about him. He's definitely going to be coming up in the later discussions as well for uh, top exposure tight ends. He's he's my top two guy. Where are some landing spots that you could see for Dalton Schultz? I know that we've discussed it before, but where's where's uh, your you know your gut telling you he's going to land? Like, what's what's that one team that you feel you know he has the strongest chance to to go to?
1: Man, that's a really good question. Um, I think a good suit suitor for him is the Saints. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, Juwan Johnson was good last year, but how good is he actually, eh, you know, I, I think he was more fluky that he got a couple of those touchdowns. Right. So had, that would be a, a good, su- he had
0: like a, he had a streak at one point, I think of like a uh, five out of six or something like that.
1: Yeah. And he scored multiple touchdowns on in multiple games. So mm-hmm. I think that that would be a good suitor for him. I think he could flourish there. Uh, another one, and it depends on really what they do with their current tight end, but it, it just, they hardly ever use him. Uh, would be the Dolphins. I think mm-hmm. the Dolphins would be a good landing spot for him if they decide to use the Titan as they should be used. You know, Mike Kusecki mm-hmm. is no slouch, but they hardly ever used him. They wanted to keep him in there for blocking purposes. So, you know, so, so that's a hard one. But, I mean, really, there's none that truly jump out to me outside of the Saints that I think mm-hmm. would be, you know, super beneficial. Maybe the Texans maybe the bears too, but I like whole more than the average bear. So I get that bear. What about you? I mean, where do you think that he would go that for fantasy purposes, where would you like to see him go? Let's let's, let's put that question out there.
0: I mean, I, I do think that the NFC North is super thirsty. We've talked about that before. Uh, I think Carolina could be a nice destination. You know, I think if you, If you're Carolina and you make a move like that, I think that you instantly kind of like just move yourself up a little bit incrementally in the quarterback free agency market, just because I think you just need another weapon there. Uh, They have plenty of caps. So I think that would be a decent move and they've been really hungry for the position for quite some time. So I would definitely like to see him in maybe Carolina or one of those hungry NFC North teams. Uh, Wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if they went, if he went to the, uh, the Packers, I'm not a big fan. Bob Tunyon advocate, I I feel like they need to upgrade at the position.
1: Yeah, I mean, definitely. And that might that might help Aaron Rodgers make that decision to stay as well. You know, I I think Aaron Rodgers, when he does come back, you know, sidebar here, I think that Mm -hmm. he's going to have if he does come back there, I think he's going to have a list of demands and say, listen, you have me for whatever, two years, you know, whatever, whatever his case may be. I think he's going to have some sort of demand in there of like, if we're going to do this, let's do this right before I just send off and we just sucked two more years. Right. Like, so I think there's going to be a list. That he brings.
0: I uh I think that Aaron Jones probably wished that they did that last year for him. <laughs> He's like, if we're gonna do this restructuring, let's let's uh you know let's have a talk first about AJ Dillon and myself. <clears throat> uh this next guy up, Dalvin Cook, could be a cap casualty. Uh his shoulder surgery is complicating the idea of releasing him. Uh apparently, you know, based off of the date that he has set up for. The uh, the surgery is going to conflict with the deadline for them to essentially you know save the most amount of money. It could be anywhere from a two million uh, penalty to a seven point nine million dollar penalty if they were to cut him. But his so- shoulder surgery is going to complicate the issue. Not to you know get too off track and just like go through the uh, conspiracy theories of where he's going to land. But you know, do you see him back in a Vikings uniform next season? Keep it I- keep it simple.
1: Yeah, I do. Uh, I think it's I think maybe there's a restructuring coming where it's going to be more of a friendly deal. But I don't really I think Dalvin understands that that's probably his best fit. They already know, you know, what he likes to do, how he plays his style. Mm -hmm. I don't think he goes anywhere and gets a massive deal. He's older and this isn't the first time that they want to clean up that shoulder. Right. So I also don't think that with the shoulder injury that it's something that they think he's not going to necessarily be valuable or useful because, again, this is not the first time that this uh, procedure is, is happening. They, they've cleaned the shoulder up before. So I think he's still going to be with Vikings, and I still think he can be valuable, uh, you know, in fantasy football. And, I, you know, again, like they, they may bring somebody in, but I think he's the lead dog, and he he maybe has one more year there, and then he's probably out.
0: Bring back Jarek McKinnon. We were just talking about him. That'd be interesting. Where, I would not hate all, that. Where it all started.
1: Yeah. Interesting.
0: Uh, Probably an offense that could use his skill set. Yeah, I I would hope to see him back because I feel like his usage would probably be, you know, more up in the air. Uh, He could get it all cleaned up and then he could, you know, take a team friendly type type of contract, go to one of the big hitters, you know, go jump in a prolific offense like the Bills or the Chiefs. That would be super interesting. Yep. Next up, we got, uh, you know, DeAndre Hopkins and Brandon Cooks. They feel like the likely candidates to land in New England, who is rather... Or who would you rather see Landon in, in New England for the sake of fantasy? Like, I don't know if I want it to be DeAndre Hopkins, to be perfectly honest with you. I think Brandon Cooks probably fits that offense, you know, better.
1: Can I say neither?
0: <laughs> I, yeah, I, don't I, want, I think we both want neither. <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't want either one of these guys there. I guess if I have to sacrifice one for fantasy purposes, it's Brandon right. Cooks. That, that's how I feel about it. I feel like we're sacrificing one of them to them because I'm not a Mac Jones guy. I think he's decent but he's not going to make one of these guys a star. Uh, mm. I, I don't care what anybody says. It's just not going to happen. Now Hopkins would be interesting due to the fact that they just brought in Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien has already worked with Hopkins. So there's that, you know, that, that connection already. I don't know if I could really call it a connection or not. I mean, mm. DeAndre Hopkins makes plays himself, right? Bill O'Brien isn't out there making DeAndre Hopkins make those catches. So, you know, take that for, for a grain of salt there. But I do think, um, you know, Hopkins would probably be the best fit there, but I don't want to see either one of them in a in a Patriots uh, uniform.
0: Do you think the Patriots could be a dark horse for a, a free agency QB?
1: No, I, I don't think that they're willing to submit that they picked a quarterback that they no longer want. I think Bill Belichick's pride does not allow that currently.
0: That's true, and they do have Bailey Zappi, so they're they're probably fine.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, Bailey Zappi is good for at least four games, right? <laughs>
0: Not bad. Or they could just, you know, split touches like they were doing at one point. Just like, all right, your turn, my turn. Tag, you're it. Yep. Speaking of tag, Evan Ingram was franchise tagged by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Stock up or stock down with the tag, Andrew?
1: Up. Definitely up. Uh, This is, I mean, again, you know, we saw what he did in New York. He is much mm-hmm. better here. He, he came down to Jacksonville, found his hands again and is flourishing in this offense. I think this is the best spot for him. I'm glad that he is staying here. I think that really helps Trevor Lawrence as well. You know, for um, you know, for anybody who has Trevor Lawrence in Dynasty or is looking mm-hmm. to pair Trevor Lawrence in underdog, you know, for stacking purposes. Uh outside of you know being able to only get one of Ridley or Kirk, you know, Evan Ingram's the best stacking option for Lawrence. So I, I mm-hmm. love that he's staying here. I think he's gonna have another killer year maybe not as high up as he finished this year probably right. i say he finishes as a top eight somewhere in there uh you know but he's he was really good and they they i don't want to say force fed him but there were some games that they made it a point to target him and uh that's good in fantasy you know i I, I like his value currently so i think it's a great great uh landing spot as in staying in Jacksonville.
0: Mm-hmm. well specifically speaking to best ball i think it's great news because it's just something concrete. You know, we were talking not just days ago about him potentially going to this team, to that team. Oh, Seattle staying with uh, Jacksonville, whatever. Um, So I think it's a great situation for best ball. You just get a little bit more clarity and it gives you that confidence that when you do draft Lawrence, yeah, you can stack him up with another late round target.
1: I I actually just did it last night when I was doing this draft. I I took Hertz and then I, I, you know, again, Mm -hmm. you got to do a couple different strategies, but I took Hertz early and then took Lawrence, uh, you know, mid, middle rounds and also paired both of the tight ends with them. And those were the only pairs I had. So I'm glad I did it last night because I do think Evan Bingham's stock may rise a little bit now that the uncertainty is no longer swirling around him.
0: Yeah, absolutely love it. All right, that wraps up some of the recent news. We're going to hit a quick word from our sponsors, and then we're going to get to our most exposed tight ends and quarterbacks and underdog. WinBet is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are tons of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays, a.k.a. WinBets Build Your Own Bet. March Madness is almost here, and plus there are plenty of ways to win, including the NBA, the NHL, and XFL. Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, get $100. Limited estate availability. And, of course, for our DGENs only, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700.
1: Now let's talk about something that is near and dear to my heart. The SGPN merch store continues to add new items to the store every single day. Head over to store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com to get your favorite shirts, hats, sweats, and hoodies. Uh, you know, they always like to like us to talk about a, a personal favorite item. I think the whole store is just my personal favorite. I, I, I go through there and I'm like, man, I got paid this much this month. If I do this and I'm, you know, minus the seven, I can buy this much shit. And yeah, so I, I'm constantly buying. So everything in there is awesome. Uh, you know, I've, I've gotten gifts for my family there too. So it's great. And, uh, right now they're actually running a promo, uh, just in time for March, 10% off when you spend more than $40 and use the code. Madness. Again, that is 10% off your order of $40 or more when you use the code MADNESS. Go check it out now.
0: Another, you know, just shameless plug to the merch store. We have this uh, new product out. It's called the first half unders t shirt. Now, if you're familiar with SGPN, you'll know that I, you know, I, I work on fancy football, I work on fancy hockey, I've done some fancy basketball. I do not bet on college basketball whatsoever. Andrew, I hit a three leg first half under. Oh, you're just, going early. <laughs> just because, just because of this damn t shirt. Because all you got all you guys are posting about this t shirt, and I kept just getting these little these little nudges. These little nudges. So $25 made me $163. I don't even know the teams I been on, bud. I have I have no fuck I have no clue. You know what I did? Did you buy I a shirt? Went, oh i'm gonna i'm gonna buy like four of these shirts what are you talking about are you kidding oh me
1: my God, that is awesome man i love it you're starting early <laughs> oh man that's that is music to my ears man
0: <laughs> all i did was all i did was is i i moved the tab over to the the first the first half totals i went to the biggest numbers and slammed the unders that's it nothing nice. special solid thank plan. you thank I you merch it. store thank you jake <laughs> Thank you, Andrew, everybody, you know, sharing out uh, all the goodness on the uh, on the social media about our merch store. I I just thought that was a nice little anecdote to to go on with that. So, you know, (laughs) not saying that there are winners and picks to be found, you know, in the uh, in the merch store. But there are some little nudges. There are some very healthy suggestions, let's say. And I've got a nice little I got a nice little uh, little stack there. It's, It's a little early still. I might be able to get back in there.
1: Oh my God, man. That is awesome. I, I love that, that you're going in before, you know, the rule is all 36 first half unders in March Madness. I love that you're doing it now. And you want a parlay. That's just awesome, man. I, you know what? You inspire me tomorrow. I ride. <laughs> ride. Right, let's go.
0: Let's go. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's supposed to be like what the conference uh, championships or something, mm-hmm. right? That's yeah. what it is. So yeah, it's, it's it's kind of like the same thing, you know. The tensions are tight. The atmosphere is rough and ragged. You know, we're Man, trying to go out get there that
1: out on Twitter, let the let the people I know will. that yeah, they yeah. can get in
0: early. I I I was motivated to check it because, like, when before we had started, I had hit two of the picks. So you know, didn't didn't want to get on there too early. You know, mm-hmm. didn't want to didn't want to jinx myself. <laughs> <laughs> I am a uh, you know how you tie your shoes, uh, you know, production type of player. I, I I get all the uh, all the little things uh, out of the way. All right. Speaking of little things out of the way, we got uh, that nice little uh, pitch there to the merch store. Go jump on there. Uh, use that code. Uh, what was it madness? Yeah. Use madness to get 10% off. Good stuff over there. All right. Let's jump into our most exposed players at quarterback and tight end on underdog. Do you want to start with tight ends or quarterbacks? Up to you.
1: Uh, let's do the guys that really stick their nose in the ground. Let's go with the tight ends.
0: Right. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right. Uh, we'll just go every other uh, first five or six because I know that, like, you know, that fifth guy is usually tied. My first man up, uh, Gerald Everett, getting a very friendly ADP on Gerald Everett right now. He's being drafted around ADP 164. I'm not sure if you know what round that is. I might be able to pull up one of my boards here. Oh, boy. But-
1: 164. That has to be somewhere down in probably the
0: 1314.
1: Yeah, I'd say 14 probably. Yeah
0: somewhere in that range. I mean, honestly, like your your top 10 picks are pretty important and I know that you and I have gone back and forth on this like once you get past like rounds like 10 or 11, you know, you can pretty much do whatever you want with the ADP. I've moved him up the board. I've got him at, you know, immense value. Uh he's coming off the board, his position rank is tight end 19. He feels like someone to me that can still provide you top 10 tight end numbers so he feels like a very good value right now at his adp i have him out of uh six out of 17 drafts excuse me i have six uh shares so uh 35 60 dollars out of 170 right now what do you think good or good or uh bad buy
1: i think that's fine yeah so again especially where he's going uh mm-hmm. i think that that is perfectly fine i think that we're gonna find that a lot of our tight ends are towards the later halves um you know just just Drafting with you a couple times, I think outside of maybe Hawkinson, that's probably going to be one of your guys. Outside of that, there's probably going to be a lot of later round guys that we tend to uh, gravitate towards.
0: And we've talked about him being a potential cap casualty. It sounds like that may be more likely. The team has uh, discussed that. You know, Keenan Allen leaving is a you know is a hope and a prayer for for other teams. So if that's the case, then could be Gerald Everett on the way out the door. They might feel comfortable with that. A three-man tandem of Allen, Palmer, and Mike Williams. So they may feel they may feel comfortable letting him walk. I feel pretty good because again, like there's a very strong market for tight end uh, on free agency, or if he were to be traded, I I feel like he would be in a good situation either way. You know, this is a a top year for him. He had 87 targets, 58 catches, over 500 receiving yards, a career season. I always feel like every time I see him, like why isn't this guy being used enough? He's almost you know like the size and build of him. He's like a, a wide receiver practically.
1: Yeah, he's he's a big dude, and they uh, they utilized him pretty well last year. So I I hope he stays there. Um, I think he can still contribute with other teams, mm. but you know, there's always that that learning curve, right? So the, there is a little bit of uncertainty. But again, he's not costing you a ton right now, so I think that's right. still a, a you know a fine buy.
0: Who's your first man up?
1: Isaiah likely. Um, okay. okay, I I tend to you know to, to lean to him because he. Flashed last year in small increments. Uh, I didn't do as well as I thought he would do when Mark Andrews was out. Kind of weird situation though. No Lamar Jackson. So I don't really hold that against him at all. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I do like him a lot. And the wide receiver room there is not very good. They have Rashad Bateman, who got hurt last year, and then a Mm -hmm. bunch of just no name dudes, right? Like a, a bunch of guys that just make a little you know contribution week in and week out and that's about it so Isaiah likely honestly it, they could convert him to a wide receiver and he would do just as well mm-hmm. so I, I I like his athleticism I like the position I really hope that Jackson stays there but if not I still think he can be a contributor with Jackson gone with Andrews healthy again um and I I currently have 22 percent uh uh you know that's my exposure to him is 22
0: percent Okay, nice. Yeah, I have him at 11%, so he has two out of 17 shares for me. So I've taken some shots at him uh, with my last couple of picks, ADP 196, tight end 25. So you're probably getting him, you know, like probably 17 to 18, somewhere in that range, if maybe a lot of, a, a little bit deeper if your draft is, you know, being really patient uh, on tight end and some of those names are sticking around the board a little bit longer than they should. Did you say his uh, yeah, ADP? His ADP was 196. It's-
1: yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, uh, as you can see, I'm drafting him way late,
0: <laughs> way late. Yeah, no, no, he's, he's a very good value. Like I said, I've got a couple of shares myself. Um, so I, I don't hate it. And what we did see from him, it looked productive. Like he looked like an NFL tight end feels like year two, he could make a very good jump. So I, I I'm, uh, I'm with you on the Isaiah likely pick for sure. My next guy up, we already talked about him is Dalton Schultz. Looks like he could be on the move. What do you think about Dalton Schultz potentially going to your Commandos?
1: Um, I think it's okay, but honestly, I, I don't really feel the need to go pay a guy that's good but not great. Mm. I think I'd rather just have them work on the rookies that they have. They they actually have two Cole Turner and uh John Bates are two Bates. tight ends that are good at blocking and have dude, good hands.
0: They're not John Bates. John Bates is a mammoth of a human.
1: Oh yeah. Um, they're they're that both guy, huge.
0: that guy could fight the dude from Game of Thrones, uh the fucking...
1: oh, the, the the um the how
0: not the I, oh, I was oh, saying the hound, but the mammoth. The mountain, the what's what's uh, that guy's name? The big dude. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, it's not mountain. It's uh...
0: a. <laughs> it is the mountain. <laughs> is is it the mountain? It is the mountain. Yeah, it's the hound's brother. It's the hound yeah. of the mountain.
1: Yeah, great fight scene at the end of uh oh, at great. the end of the show.
0: Fantastic, you know, Good brothers just shit. absolutely murdering each other, literally. <laughs> uh, no, Cain like and Abel, baby. John, yeah, exactly. John Bates is a he's a massive dude. Like I would love for him to get regular usage, but. I feel like that situation is like you have too many cooks in the kitchen type of type of thing. Like, you know, like you, you got too many guys like really trying to get like that one spot and they're all just going to eat out of each other's workload
1: yeah the the other issue is uh logan thomas is still there now he could be a cap casualty he does hold Mm -hmm. a little bit more uh cap value than anybody else so Mm -hmm. we'll see what happens with him i actually like logan thomas sucks that he keeps getting injured because that dude could run some gimmick plays and actually throw the ball since he was a converted Mm -hmm. quarterback from virginia tech so they do have a you know a three-man carousel of tight ends there and honestly Mm -hmm. I'd i'd rather just have them work on them while they're on you know friendly deals outside of logan thomas sure uh so i I think it would be okay, but I don't feel the need for the commanders to go and do that.
0: I just feel like there's a lot of excitement out there for commander fans that, like, Eric Bieniemy is going to, you know, transport that Chiefs offense to D.C. Like, does that mean, like, they're going to, like, pay out for a tight end? Are they going to, you know, maybe shop for Dalton Schultz, go after, like, a Darren Waller? You know, are they going to try to find themselves the next Tyreek Hill, you know? It just feels like a lot of people are kind of trying to, or they're just trying to make those connections, right? So I don't know. I feel like Dalton Schultz could kind of fit that mold, but um, not Travis Kelsey. You know, he would be a lower eight dot. He's not going to break down the seams or anything like that, but, you know, could be a good target for, you know, an upcoming quarterback if they ride with Sam Howell as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, who is your next man up?
1: Yeah. So I, I have three guys all tied at 22%. This is the next man up. Uh, it's Noah mm-hmm. Fant for me. Again, mm-hmm. a dude that I keep grabbing just late. He's a starting Mm -hmm. tight end as of right now, uh, you know, was, was okay. Last year had some usable weeks. Uh, he's not my first tight end ever. He's normally at least my second, if not my third. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm okay with taking them there. Um, and again, I have 22% of him. Um, he's a good tight end and I don't understand what, there's a few tight ends that go before him that I just can't wrap my head around why. And, um, do I think he's going to be on the Seahawks this year? Probably, but could I see him move as well? Definitely. I would love love Fant to go to the Packers. I think he fits mm-hmm. fits in perfectly there and uh you know he he's a would be an awesome weapon for Aaron Rodgers.
0: Big body target for sure. He likes those big body targets down in the red zone. That's a fact. Um yeah, I mean I I like Noah Fant. Have you grabbed yourself a fair amount of Geno with that as well?
1: I haven't cuz I'm okay. of the thought that Geno's not there.
0: Okay. Interesting. Interesting. We'll get to that when we get over to uh, the quarterbacks because I want to ask you about stacking uh, specifically because my next man up is Mr. TJ Hawkinson. Uh, I've been drafting him at ADP 42. It's probably a little bit higher than a lot of the tight end targets, but you know, getting him after you know, the George getting him after George Kittle seems like just robbery to me right now. Uh, but you can get him after George Kittle, after Mark Andrews. I've gotten him after even uh, Darren Waller and Kyle Pitts. Like The tight end mark is just so funky because, you know, if you get in these drafts and you're drafting with people that have been doing a lot of them, they're going to divert from the norms and you're going to be able to pick up, you know, a higher end player at value, which I see in TJ Hawkinson. You and I have discussed about him before you know, he should be like that second top target in this offense. The way things look right now, even if they go and they become a buyer, you know, in free agency, it still feels like or even the draft. It still feels like what we saw there. He's going to be a priority for Kirk Cousins and the playbook.
1: Yep. Um, and actually, Hawkinson uh, supplanted Kittle in the ADP now. Hawkinson's at 42. Kittle's at 47. So he's going we, in in front of him.
0: We just did a draft with uh, with the bosses and, and Kittle went ahead of Hawk
1: yeah uh but in the actual adp he is uh you know ahead of him Mm -hmm. and uh so fun fact here um just just, you know i I look at established to run a lot for stats and Mm -hmm. uh they have their rankings here and i was just noticing that he is only one of three tight ends currently in the top 11 that have a positive delta meaning that they have him ranked better than where he's actually going Mm -hmm. uh the other two are Kittle and dallas goddard everybody else has a negative delta so they're they're at a worse value than what, uh, you know, Establish a Run gives them.
0: Very good, very good. Yeah, I I think that Dallas Goddard is an awesome value for what he's going at. I feel like he's at like tight end five, potentially. You're getting him again later than some of those other guys, and he's going to be in a very good offense uh, that was just in the Super Bowl. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, definitely some very good uh, later picks here. Uh, Like I said, me and Andrew both love Hawkinson this season. When we get over to the quarterbacks, I'll I'll be even more excited to explain why I like (laughs) him. Who is your next man up, your third tight end?
1: Third guy that I have tied for my top most exposed tight end, and I'm ready to be hurt again is Kyle Pitts.
0: Kyle Pitts, all right, getting down. I mean, I, it feels I like can't. they're going to buy a quarterback.
1: Yeah, I think so. And and honestly, like the more I read about it, the more I think it's going to be Lamar Jackson. I think they're going to throw yeah. money his way. And damn, if it, I, I've I have a couple teams that I've purposely made sure I stacked jackson and pits on just so i can make sure i have that value before it does happen if i it think
0: happens. i think you did that with us in the last round. yes i did <laughs> yeah <you>
1: did. <laughs> I'm, I'm making sure that i i do that now before the adp uh skyrockets for both of them but i don't I, hate it kyle Pitts is awesome right like he's great like last year they just didn't use him correctly and that and that is mm-hmm. a worry to me, but it is in the sixth round you know that i'm uh, typically drafting him mm-hmm. uh, i try to make sure i do a stack with it i don't really want a ton of kyle Pitts without a stack some is fine but not a ton uh and i man he's just so good he's just really good and it's just it gets me so excited to watch and i really hope that the falcons can make it a conscious effort to get him the ball more especially in high value targeted areas inside mm-hmm. you know the 10 yard line so i'm i'm you know like i said i'm ready to be hurt again and if he breaks my heart one more time i'll still be on him next year because it's kyle pitts and he's fucking good <laughs>
0: He has all the criteria and the build to be a top five tight end. You really can't hate it. And especially in round six where you're getting him, where you're seeing some of the other top tight ends go, for his age and experience, I think it's super appropriate.
1: Pitts went to Florida, right? Yes. Am I remembering that correct? So just interesting thought here. What if they go draft Anthony Richardson?
0: I don't think that's going to work. You don't think so? uh, I mean... First off, Pits was there. What th- Pitts was there? What two years ago? Three years ago? Two. Yeah. yeah. I don't even know. I have no idea what Anthony Richardson was doing at that time. I have no. I have no idea if there's a connection there. You know what I mean? I. Yeah. I got nothing. Blind spot. Yeah. It would be interesting. I mean, mm-hmm. poor man's Lamar. Poor. Poor man's Lamar Jackson. So. Yeah, it's true. All right, my next guy up is Mike Gasicki. Again, another positive ROI wild card. Uh, kind of like a Gerald Everett. Um, yeah, I guess I don't have any other wild cards that high up on the list. I was looking for another example.
1: <laughs> but uh,
0: I, I like Kiseki. I, I've talked about him potentially going to the Panthers, the Giants, um, maybe even a contender, a contender like a Bills or a Chiefs if they want to kind of dip into like that double tight end type of market, get a little bit deeper, shore up, you know, any type of issue. If Kelsey were to get hurt, something like that just a pass first offense in general. Um, again, someone I'm getting at a very good ADP, 171, tight end 20. I think you guys are kind of picking up, you know, what we're putting down here as far as targeting tight ends. You shouldn't be, you know, spending top ADP on them based on the value and, you know, the rest of the market. Um, any places where you'd like to see Mike Gusecki fall?
1: Uh, so shout out Penn State, first of all. Love Mike Love Loved watching him Penn State. Uh, I do think he's a good tight end. Yet it's just it's weird. Like he hasn't really been able to showcase himself as a quote unquote elite tight end, right? Like he mm-hmm. he has the ability. I, I saw him in college. It's just I I don't really know. Again, I mean, like he he would fit well probably too uh, with the Saints. Maybe mm-hmm. the Panthers. If the Panthers are talking about making a splashy picks, uh, you know, at quarterback. Maybe Mike Isecki just needs a new quarterback, you know, uh, outlook here with some guy mm-hmm. that isn't afraid to throw, you know, throw the ball downfield because Mike Isecki is good at catching the ball downfield along the seam. So I, you know, I, you you mentioned like just the NFC South in general outside of the Falcons,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: uh, I think a lot of those places make sense. I I can't say I really would love. Actually, you know what? If if the Giants aren't sold on Daniel Bellinger, I think he would oh, do yeah. well with the Giants as well.
0: Yeah, we we've we've spoke about the Giants making that move before. They're just a team that should be hungry again. You know, like I don't expect them to go out and try to get Darren Waller, but they should be trying to make some type of move, maybe even Dalton Schultz. Yeah. Um, who's your next guy up? I'll do one more after that. <clears throat>
1: uh, next guy up at 16% exposure is your man, Cole Komet. Uh, another okay. guy that mm-hmm. I'm ready to be hurt by again. He destroyed me last year. Just I had Way too much Cole Komet. I really believed that the the year before what he did was going to be, uh, you know, something that, that he was going to be able to do. Last year, they didn't, mm-hmm. everything looked up for him, right? Like they didn't have a whole lot of pass catchers that were truly good outside of Darnell Mooney. Okay. I'm like, IE, here's Cole Komet. You're inserting Justin Fields. Usually when you insert a quarterback that is not familiar with the system, they lend a helping hand in the tight end. Mm-hmm. They didn't do that. I figured that they were going to throw him the ball in the end zone. Sure as hell didn't do that. So everything I thought just went to shit. It was definitely a big miss by me, but still he, he's a good tight end because he's athletic and he's going late in drafts. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, he is currently going 126. That's fine by me. Um, I, this is a guy that I don't feel like I really need to stack because I'm not completely sold on the bears offense. I do like fields. I do like Mooney, but the offensive play calling was awful last year. I, I just hated everything about, about
0: it. Their offense was great last year. Their defense is terrible.
1: They, their offense was great. They, towards in, the they end were in of the season.
0: Yeah. Don't, don't tell me why it was better then and not in the beginning of the season. Well, well actually I, mean, I do. I do know why I do know why they, they started doing the run first approach. That was, that was not something that they did in weeks, like one through five or six. Like it was not in the playbook for Justin Fields to just yeah. take off. They were like, that,
1: wow, he's good at running. Let's just have him do yeah. it
0: all the time. Exactly, but no, dude, they were scoring they were scoring multiple games over thirty points, and they were in these games that they had no business being involved in. Like I don't if anything, if their defense wasn't just so horseshit, you know, they would have been able to compete, honestly,
1: I think Colkeman only had one week last year that he was elite status, I believe, or yeah, he had that I mean, one the, uh, massive game right That was so the
0: week like, that i uh, I should have won thirty grand,
1: yeah, yeah, I remember. I remember. So it's, you know, I like Cole Komet still uh, definitely more than the average bear for sure. Because again, I, I know a lot of people aren't in on Cole Komet, but uh, I'm okay at his ADP. I still think he's good. And again, mm-hmm. the Bears' situation at wide receiver, as we sit today, it's not really any better than, it ha- th- you know, than it was last year. They didn't really right. show that the chase Claypool was going to be the main guy. So, um, you know, I, I think it's fine. And again, I'm only at 16% <clears throat> drafted of him.
0: So what do you, what do you think about the bears moving pick 53 for Hopkins? You think that gets it done?
1: pick yes
0: that's in the second round that's what that's what they're looking for what the problem is is that i i still feel like the bears are going to trade back and the colts have pick four and pick i think 34 so like we need those two picks i feel like before we make that move because our second round pick which would have been pick 33 apparently is is the equivalency of (laughs) equivalency of chase claypool that's
1: yeah i bet you'd love to have that one back right now yeah i I, I mean listen man you don't gotta talk to me about your organization doing terrible trades and i mean do do you do you remember a man called albert hainsworth
0: yeah i remember (laughs) sean mcveigh i remember sean McVay too
1: Uh, (laughs) oh i was talking about bad albert hainsworth was you know the hundred million dollar man that never saw the field for washington so you know there's that that's just a smart business
0: move on his part
1: (laughs) yeah Oh, I mean, okay. if you're going to
0: rip somebody off, I mean, yeah, you might as well do it right.
1: Yeah, you might as well do it to Dan Snyder. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: I mean, <laughs> the guy that pays for his team to lose games. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think God. that's a pretty low-hanging fruit target <sighs> there. Uh, my last guy up here, kind of a shocker, Mr. Taysom Hill, ADP 143. Where I've been taking him are those drafts where I just kind of like muffed or, or punted the tight end position or just like, eh, I don't want to do that. Eh, I don't want to do that. And really, all I'm leaning on is prior year production. That's it. I mean, if you look at him, 141 fantasy points this past season, 120 for the prior season. I'm not saying that he's going to even stay in New Orleans. Obviously, this is a complete toss-up type of pick. Like, he could wind up getting cut. He could land somewhere on another team, not even be used at all. He thinks he's a quarterback, but in reality, he's a rugby player. Like, I don't know if he got the the memo just yet, but – you know he's a weapon when he's used, and I don't hate taking him at, at his ADP. I, I I just don't feel that exposed to risk. Mm-hmm.
1: So I haven't actually taken any of Taysom Hill yet. I'm I'm sure. a little worried uh, about it because it, it, there's uncertainty as to how they're going to utilize him and if he stays. You know, as you mm-hmm. alluded to in uh, New Orleans, I think the upside for him though is there, and the big upside is what happens if the long dick of the law really comes down on Alvin Kamara. And he's not there for the entire season.
0: And they're he like, pled you know no what? Guilty. He, ple- he pled go- no guilty. So he- maybe he goes all in against it. And they're just like, you know what? We're sending you to prison for five years. You're done.
1: Uh, I mean, it's it's a possibility, right? If that happens, Taysom Hill might just get thrown into a running back position. And then you have a running back in your tight end slot. You break fantasy. So yeah, it's, a good, it's a very good spot for him. And he's currently going 143.
0: Tight end 15.
1: That's that's not bad. So, I, you know, as we talk about it, I think I'm going to have to go ahead and add him to the portfolio because now I can talk myself into something happening to Alvin Kamara and he becoming a running back. And again, I haven't drafted him yet because I was uncertain, but I think what do we you have now? Talking. What do
0: you think about stacking those two, stacking Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill then?
1: Yeah, that's not bad because, again, they, they're different positions on underdogs. So... Yeah, I mean, you could have one coexist with the other, or one be good without you know without the other. So I mm-hmm. I like that strategy. I'm I'm fine with that.
0: Right on. There you go, folks. Who is your last man up? And then we'll head over to uh, quarterbacks.
1: Yeah. So my fifth tight end, currently drafted at sixteen percent, tied with Cole Komet, is Trey McBride. Uh, I think the Cardinals are going to completely suck, but he is one guy on there because again, this is the second year. Uh, I think he's going to perform well due to the fact that he wants to show people that he's good. He wants to show that, you know, he's going to eventually be deservant of a contract. Uh, Trey mm-hmm. McBride's good. He's a motherfucking Mackey award winner. I mean, he, he's a great tight end. He was the best in the nation two years ago. So I think he's, uh, I think he's a good tight end. I think it's a good value for him right now. Let me just look here. He's currently going at 182, at 182, which is eight in front of Zach Ertz. That's the, There's my caveat to the McBride uh, pro side of all this. The con is Zach Ertz, and what do we do with him? So I'd like to get your take on Zach Ertz.
0: The the approach that I took drafting Trey McBride is I drafted Ertz as well. I, I took both of them in the same one. I only have one share of Trey McBride, but I also only have one share of Zach Ertz, and they're in the same draft. So, and yeah. I think, in, I think in that one, I have another, another two tight ends. So like, don't use that approach and go with just like one other tight end. That's not a good idea. You're going to have to buy four, but at the ADP that you're getting Ertz and uh, Trey McBride, like you should be fine. You know, if you get two decent guys and then you back those two up at the back end of your draft, I think that's pretty solid.
1: Over, under 50% that Zach Ertz just retires this year. Not going to happen. No, you don't think?
0: No, no, I don't think that's. I, I don't think that was his plan when coming to to the Cardinals from the situation that the Eagles were in. I don't think that was the case.
1: Okay, interesting. So I uh, I, th-
0: I still think he wants to get it done there, and if not, then he would go on to another team. Like if if anything, I think the if he's not there, because that I think that was one of the places he wanted to go. Actually, I, I believe because he had a, a no trade clause uh, for the Eagles. Mm-hmm.
1: Um. So- if, if nobody has called on yet, uh, both of us have, I believe, one tight end that we're actually drafting higher in drafts. Everything else is pretty low. Go mm-hmm. with the strategy. Great or late. Yep. Don't, you know, a lot of the middle guys are, are not going to get there for you. So either take mm-hmm. one of those elite guys or just wait till the very end. Not, not very end, but, you know, anywhere from. 13 to, to 20 and then take you can three of those there, guys.
0: there are some situations at the end of the draft where you can literally wait for the last few picks like you know
1: who's really interesting we talked about Dalton Schultz but we never talked about Jake Ferguson that man is going almost yeah. undrafted most times and mm-hmm. uh, he could potentially be the starting tight end for the Dallas Cowboys
0: it's still the Dallas Cowboys though I feel like they'll get somebody you know what I mean like it's, it's Jerry's world I feel like they will they just break their cap to go get like Darren Waller you know mm-hmm. like that's who they are that's what they do they want to sell jerseys. They want to be a flashy team in offense, put butts in the seats. I mean, you have to. I mean, look at the place. Uh, I don't think they can afford an empty one. So <laughs> uh, I the, the other example I was going to give was Jelani Woods and Mo Alley Cox. I don't know if I see them adding a tight end, and I feel like Jelani Woods could just be the, the starter that's, there.
1: That's the guy for me too, Woods. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. We, we both talk about a great size, great profile, great build on the field. Like he, he he checks a lot of boxes that you want from a tight end. I think that we just need the usage. And I think for him uh, coming in as a sophomore now, he'll have that experience, a full offseason, OTAs, all that, et cetera, playbook development. I think it's going to be his job, but I f- still feel like Mo Alley-Cox will have a role like he won't be completely off the leash. Um, But he's definitely a nice late round target. And that's a late round stacking group that you can put together with having no commitment through like the first, you know, four fifths of the draft. So I I think that's a good, a good situation to target super late. So is McBride and Ertz again, you know, you got to be, you know, loading Mm -hmm. up elsewhere Uh, before we move over to the quarterbacks. uh, You want to pay that last bill really quick?
1: Yep. So uh, as we are talking about Underdog Fantasy, uh, we are also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog is your home for offseason NFL best ball drafts, but they also got you covered for a ton of other daily games, including NBA, NHL, and the PGA. Underdog Fantasy is a great way to get down in your favorite player props. If they're not available in your state, head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That, underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN.
0: All right, we're back. And we are talking our most exposed quarterbacks on underdog. Who is your first man up, Andrew?
1: It is my man, the guy who's going to lead the commanders to the playoffs this year, (laughs) Sam Howe uh you know uh, i have 38 drafted of them and the reason Stop being it. is because
0: 38 uh, that's a 38, lot
1: that is a lot yeah how many uh,
0: how many entries is that seven seven of 18 uh yes <laughs> you like that wow math, good math look at you I'm, god i'm, I'm just kidding i i i i i just did that on the gun there with the uh i have 29.4 with my first guy so i just you know a little
1: quick math <laughs> Just yeah. You know, did the math, literally. Um, yeah, so it's Sam Howe for, for a couple of reasons. One, he's going really late. He's going way after a majority of these guys, right?
0: You're oh, crazy God. man.
1: Uh, and obviously, I'm drafting Terry McLaurin, my man Terry. I'm drafting Jahan Dodson. Shout out Penn State. Like, there's just the, the pieces are there. They're not expensive. Sam Howe's going almost undrafted half the time. Okay, now, I mean, pal. What?
0: You're you're just telling me like you. It's just funny how you're surrounded by all the commando stuff around you, and then you're just like <laughs> you're just like, and this guy, and this guy. Matty Terry is a generational wide receiver.
1: <laughs> I mean, hey, you said it, not me. I will agree though.
0: No, uh, no, no, I I agree with. Uh, <laughs> I agree that that a lot of these guys should be targeted. Like all these guys, other than Sam Howell. Like it's it's just tough for me. Like I still feel like they're gonna go shopping. Ron Rivera is trying to tell you. He's trying to tell you that it don't act so fast in these drafts. Andrew, I don't know if I'm done shopping yet. I, and hell, I haven't even gone to the market.
1: I mean, even if they shop, it, it, it doesn't mean that they're going to essentially throw him. I mean, look what they just did with Sam. Howe and their quarterback room was a mess. Carson Wentz, which Ron Rivera had his dick hard for, for whatever reason, completely hated that move. They had Taylor Heineke, which, you know, the legend of Heineke lives on. I like Heineke a but lot. Look,
0: but look what happened to Heineke. There is no loyalty there, buddy. There is yeah, no loyalty. You're, you're you're not
1: wrong i just think that what sam Howell did in the small sample size last year at least opened the door for him to have mm-hmm. some sort of role uh even i think he starts off the year no matter what as as the quarterback i really do uh now does he keep it the entire year i don't know but at his cost right now which is hold on let me see if i can scroll that far down the board sam How's currently going 174 when i was drafting him early in these drafts he was going later than that it, it's cost you almost nothing and with the oh, yeah. upside that the offense has compared to dudes around him. And I'm gonna read a couple here because I, I I feel that there's a little shade being thrown currently my way about how here. So let me just ask you about these couple guys. Let's do how versus let's yep. play that quick Go ahead. game. Good how versus Jimmy G. Jimmy G. Okay. You are already just asinine here. Uh cool. <laughs> Sam Howe versus Will Levis. Uh Sam Howell. Okay. Sam Howe versus Ryan Tannehill. Sam Howell. Sam Howell versus Anthony Richardson.
0: That's very close right now today. It's not Richardson. I feel like that will change after April. Okay. Is that, I'm fair, gonna give is you, that fair?
1: Yep. I'm going to give you two more that are realistically a Sam Howell versus so Sam Howell versus Jordan Love.
0: Sam Howell.
1: Okay. And then Sam Howell versus Mac Jones. <clears throat>
0: I'm with you. Like I want to say, <laughs> Sam, like listen, 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 listen. I want to say Sam Howell, but I'm reluctant because I'm someone that like I lost a fantasy championship two seasons ago because of Mac Jones. Like I'm not saying I like I'm not saying he's good. This is like this isn't me saying like oh yeah, Mac Jones is great. Draft him at the end of your drafts, et cetera. Like I have no co- co-signment of him whatsoever. But I just feel like with the right pieces, he could be sneaky good just as good as a, a potential sam howell you know with mm-hmm. the right dominoes that fall right so i think the those two are still pretty even you we've seen a lot of tape on mac jones my argument is and believe me i have a, i have a risky guy in my top five exposure that we'll get to here in a moment um and i and i will move right to him after this so we we keep the risk factor high here um but now i i don't argue with folks that are taking players for free like if you're getting him in round Nineteen or twenty, by all means. But I think when we did our last draft with the boss man or boss men, I should say,
1: yeah, fourteen. I we, think
0: I think it was like fourteen or fifteen. Yeah, like, it was
1: it was high up there. He, he took
0: him early. That's too soon. That's that that's too soon. I'm never opposed to anyone taking a shot at the end of the draft, and you know, especially if you have those stacks. Like if that draft in particular, you have Dotson, you have McLaurin, you have the 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 running backs that have very very favorable adp right now they're going at a bargain in brian robinson and antonio gibson and you know we saw the video of you know Howell and Bianami, you know dabbing up you know having a good time tell him his arm looked great I, I didn't actually understand that but whatever um is that what he said like your arm looks great Yeah, so, i love the arm
1: yeah something like that he's something, uh weird. Yeah, he, weird he was juicing him up a little bit
0: yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. no i I don't, but, I don't i don't i don't hate that but uh it still feels like, and this is a segue into my pick. It still feels like it's more likely that some of these other questionable quarterbacks could still be a starter week one over a Sam Howell. And like so, so for example, if you guys went out and got Jameis Winston, not to commit to him, but to com- compete, like we'll bring in Jameis Winston, we'll have him compete against Sam Howell. It feels like a job that Sam Howell could win. That that feels like a competition he could win, but maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's not ready. And we ride with someone like this. It has a little bit more NFL experience with a super short leash.
1: Yeah, no, no, no. I, and and again, like, I, I don't disagree with you. I just, he he's going for, as you said, almost free. And do you agree that the quarterbacks that have the most upside tend to be running quarterbacks?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I've talked to you about this before. I'm not the biggest advocate of running quarterbacks because they are tougher to predict.
1: Except for your team has a really good one
0: no that's it's still tough because man if you saw some of the licks that justin Fields has taken it's like every other play you're sitting there like if you're a fan or a fantasy owner i guess even you're just like (laughs) you can't keep your hand off of your mouth you're just constantly like in this like shock and awe like is he fine is he fine god this kid is so fucking slow to get up like he is the biggest like i'm i'm a little hurt oh did you hear that crack okay i'm fine you know, like, and then he gets up. But it's just like, dude, why are you laying on the ground for so long? Stop that. It mm-hmm. makes me really upset. But the consistency is hard to predict because, yeah, if they run like a running back, well, you see what happens to running backs. One hit, one twist, they're out of there, right? Yeah. So you expose yourself to more potential injury upside. The guys that I really lean, lean into are the Rocket Arms, you know, the Josh Allen's, the Joe Burrows, the, the Patrick well, Mahomes. But Josh you know? Allen runs. Josh Allen does run. He's the unicorn. He's, yeah. he's the unicorn. He runs and, unicorn. and passes. Well, I mean, someone <laughs> else yeah. that does so, that. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is a good runner, but he's not a run first guy.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. To to just finish my finish my thought here on how uh, and, and why I like him so late is again, he showed last year in the small sample size that he can run. The only mm-hmm. other guy that's really in a running position that could be drafted is Anthony Richardson. All those other guys going around him Marcus are Mariotta. statues. Okay, you with the Marcus Ferriota. We didn't even talk about him. Let's keep he him. runs.
0: He, he runs. You're
1: right. Yeah. Yeah. He runs off of teams. Nobody wants him. Uh, but how how at least can run? So again, yeah. upside going really late in the draft.
0: Absolutely. So we'll segue to mine because when I was getting him, I was getting him for free. And again, a not a popular name, not a popular pick. We're going with Carson Wentz. He's not number one. He's not number one. I'm I'm just moving over to like the high risk. He is number four. On my list. He has three shares out of 17 and he's at 17%. And it's just the same argument. If you're getting men round 20 and he's gonna be a starter, what's the problem? You don't buy the newspaper version of Carson Wentz, buy the fantasy football version. And two years ago, he was great. In fantasy, he was absolutely fantastic. This past season, he was bad in every which way possible for his team, for fantasy he regressed immensely from 265 fantasy points to 121. If I get anything from 225 to 270, that's free money in my opinion. Is there any argument to that?
1: No, I'm just not of the uh thought process of I'm going to draft a guy right now that's not on a team. Sure. I I don't personally like to do that. I don't have an issue with it either though. But
0: we but we are drafting players that we that we know Will not be on the same team that they're on now. We do, we are doing that.
1: Yeah, I'm just not sure Carson Wentz is going to be on a team as a Man. starter. I, I could he be a backup somewhere, maybe, but he he sure as hell didn't. I give think himself the, a
0: good resume last year. The the top odds include three teams that have a quarterback ahead of them. The top odds, um, it's uh, the Panthers and the Bucks. So those are available quarterback positions, and then the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Cardinals, who obviously all have quarterbacks. I just can't imagine that he's going to try to go somewhere to try and win a ring. That's not how he'll get paid moving forward. I just don't understand. I don't think that he's going to bet on himself to not be a starter in the NFL.
1: Yeah, I mean, the XFL is calling him. I mean,
0: they might be. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's nice to go put up some stats, but I, I can't think that Carson Wentz is like, oh, yeah, I want to make the same amount of money as Ben DiNucci. These game checks that these dudes get are absolutely ridiculous. Can you imagine getting the game check of a quarterback? Like, oh, yep, this Sunday I'm just picking up, you know, like a couple million. No big deal. Just some. I mean, I don't think Carson Wentz is in that position. Well, whatever. I mean, I, <laughs> every Sunday you get your game check if you play. That's that's what I'm saying. Like, his is going to be a lot bigger than a lot of other players because he's a quarterback. I don't see any reason why he's going to try and just hang it up. So, if he wants to be, you know, cathartic and try to win a ship, and it's not like, like, Jameis Winston did it, we saw Mitch Trubisky do it, but I still think that what we've seen from Carson Wentz, when he's been healthy, has been better than those guys.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, I I don't have a a disagreement with you. I think I just got a little bit of bad taste in my mouth with Carson Wentz last year, and how he just completely fucked it up for us. Of course, So, yeah, I... I'm not a fan of, of drafting a guy that's not on a team currently mm. right now. But, I, again, I'm not going to argue with you about it because I, Carson Wentz is fine, and you make a good point that he is better than probably some of these other guys, Kyle Trask and them, right? So could he end up somewhere? Yeah. Um, are you trying to make these, like like I'm doing with Lamar Jackson, Kyle Pitts, no. nope. these hopeful no. stacks? No? no.
0: Okay. No, not at all. I just Because, again, I'm just getting him for free. I'm yeah. just getting him with the last pick. I'm just taking the best players ahead of him because – in fact, I think most of those drafts, I just did two quarterbacks okay. because just so I can just expose myself to the most skill positions as possible. Okay. Who's your next man up
1: next man up? And there's no coincidence that he is 22% drafted for me is Lamar Jackson. He lines up perfectly with my 22% of Kyle Pitts. There you Um, go. do I think he really goes to Atlanta? I think it's probably less than a 30% chance, but that's still a chance. Mm-hmm. Even if he's on Baltimore again, he's Lamar Jackson. He's going to run the ball. I think he's fine either one of those positions. I do think if he stays in Baltimore again, he's going to be, you know, that Rogers esque list and say, listen, Mm -hmm. get me some people who can catch the ball (laughs) and, you know, and, and make sure I'm standing upright, you know, behind these uh, offensive linemen. I think that those are going to be his two biggest things. Uh, I mean, any pushback there on, on on Lamar Jackson and and my, my thought process on him?
0: No, I mean, I think he's going to be back with the Ravens. I think if anything, they'll probably uh, franchise tag him. If not, yeah, I mean, if he goes to an offense, I have to imagine that we're all going to be excited about the potential uh, to him just to be better. Most likely, he'll go somewhere with better weapons, better receivers, a better running back, most likely. So I think that once those dominoes fall, whether he's staying or going, I think we'll be excited. And maybe even if he stays, we get a little bit better value on his ADP, maybe people won't be as high on him because he doesn't have those weapons around him still, and he just has to lean on Mark Andrews. It'll be interesting to see what they do in the draft, but I feel like he's going to wind up getting tagged. I feel like the, the Ravens are not doing him any favors in the, the negotiation room. Okay. My next man up is my top guy, Kirk Cousins. He is 29%. You like that? I, li- I like that. <laughs> I like that. I like the ADP. I mean, 95, QB11, you're getting a pretty good value on them. Um, And as you got a front row seat to in our last draft with the boss men, super easy to stack. I was able to grab Cousins. Dalvin Cook, that may not be panning out so well. Uh, Justin Jefferson, I did grab a share of Adam Thielen in that one, and TJ Hawkinson. The Vikings are very favorable uh, for the ADPs, for stacking purposes, and that's really just how I started drafting Cousins was, oh, I got a share of JJ, I got my first 101 pick, so it doesn't hurt to take his quarterback, right? It's best ball after all, and that's just really how it all started. And then you know I was grabbing him as like my second quarterback in some situations where I was getting guys like Hurts and Mahomes. So it's just a pass-heavy offense. Kirk Cousins, he's not Mister Consistent by any means, but it's best ball. That's why he's a great player in this type of format. You're only getting his best weeks. So you don't have to worry about when he's actually bad. So I'm pretty comfortable with him. Very similar production back to back years, 307 to 305 fantasy points, pretty pretty consistent. That was while also doubling his interceptions. Very interesting.
1: Yeah, he's, I think you perfectly uh, explained him as Mr. Consistent, you know, as a guy who came from, <laughs> as a guy who came from Washington, I I saw what he is. He's steady Eddie, you know, average Joe, he's not going to mm-hmm. go put up 400 plus fantasy points like Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen could, uh, but he's also not going to just, you know, live in the cellar and give you 180 either. Like he, he's going to live in that 300 spot. I think it's fine where he's going. Uh he does have a negative delta as I'm looking at some of these. He's uh 10 spots higher than they think he should be. Mm-hmm. Uh but I mean again, like he's you made the case. He's very easy to stack. Uh and 10 that's,
0: spots higher than he should be. In which in which QB ranking or total ranking? Total ranking.
1: Uh total ranking. He uh is ranked or his ADP is 95.8. Right. They have him ranked as player 106. So not for quarterbacks, just in Interesting. totality.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Okay. I may have to check out. I'll be interested to check out the board again when I do my next draft and just kind of see who, you know, is in that mix, who could potentially be ahead of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I said, very good situation, prolific passing offense. You have the best receiver right now in football on your roster paired with him. I think that's the best way to, you know, roster Kirk Cousins in best ball. Get If you get the 101, you have to be targeting Kirk Cousins. I mean, that's just, again, expected. You're drafting Justin Jefferson 101, but that's, you know, the majority of the public, and I don't know if anyone like is – you know, a D gen like us and doing 15 plus drafts already, you know, before free agencies even started. (laughs) So, yeah. All right. Who's your next man up?
1: Next man up, uh, Anthony Richardson. Uh, I'm a 16% draft uh, drafted again. I'm a guy that I like to take one guy early ish Mm -hmm. and then wait a while and then take two towards the later, uh, you know, part of the drafts. So, you know, some of these guys are going to do that, Uh, and Anthony Richardson, I just, I like his profile. Um, you know, he, he runs the ball very well. He's very dynamic. I think he could go to one of these teams that have good playmakers, i.e. the Falcons, maybe the Panthers somewhere in there. If that happens, I feel like his current ADP and value, uh, you know, is currently underrated and undervalued. So I'd like taking him there. Um, again, I don't have too much to say on him because we have no idea where he's going. I just like Mm -hmm. his profile and, and what he brings to the table.
0: What do you think about him potentially going to the uh the Texans maybe jumping um I'd be okay young? with
1: that too. I'm I'm okay with that as well. Um I like Nico Collins, a uh, uh, John Mechie, good mm-hmm. profile from college, unfortunately again last year with the bout of cancer, you know, mm-hmm. uh he didn't get to see the field, but uh he's he is coming back and they're going to get rid of Brandon Cooks and I expect them to bring somebody else in. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be a veteran It might be somebody they draft, uh but the Texans have some capital and uh you know, I, I, I I'm okay with that if he would go there.
0: The the running joke has been uh you know some guy goes back to his prior team does uh do they have the cap uh yeah i was gonna say do they have enough cap to get uh deandre (laughs) uh
1: uh, i think they do and that would be hilarious
0: no that's not that's just not gonna happen i don't think so so either but
1: it it would be funny
0: yeah it'd be hilarious but yeah definitely not gonna happen no they (laughs) should definitely be buyers um i mean it it feels like that that could be how it goes cj stroud to the colts uh after the trade texans grab richardson there's been the complaints about Bryce Young's size and accuracy. like he may not I don't think he's gonna be throwing or participating at the combine for uh, Bryce Young. So it's gonna be inter- inter- interesting to see how everything unfolds here. Obviously, we're still a ways off of the uh, the NFL draft, but I don't hate it. I took I took Richardson I think in our very first draft that you and I did together live uh, with the last pick. Um, and right now that we've only heard like better things about him you know since then so since we've yep. been going forward. so right. I don't hate that whatsoever. Uh, my next man up is Mr. Dak Prescott, another non-favorite of yours, uh, $40 out of 170, 23, 23.5% rostered, uh, just feels like someone that can easily be uh, you know, a top five QB, given the right situation, uh, had 330 fantasy points two years ago, 213 this past season, so a bit of regression there, but still coming off the board at QB9, may not be a, a positive Delta score there for you, you'll have to let me know, but I feel like he can bounce back from you know a lower year, you know, 213 fantasy points. I think he definitely fits the mold to go back over 300 again. I'm a big advocate of CD Lamb. I think the offense is going to get better. Um, I'm not sure what they're going to do with the running back position. They've talked about drafting a guy. They've talking they've talked about letting Tony Pollard walk, tagging Tony Pollard, uh, restructuring Zeke, not re- moving Zeke. I mean, there's there's a lot of uncertainty there. But what I do like a lot of is some Dak Prescott and CD Lamb action.
1: Dak Prescott this year moved himself from my hate category to not like category because any man that wins me a bet for throwing Mm -hmm. the most interceptions while also missing time is okay in my book. So uh, I just no longer just don't like him. I do think the stacks, though, um, are are favorable as far as the the ADPs to stack with him. His Mm -hmm. current delta is actually only is negative, but it's only negative 0.7. He is oh. going at ADP 81.3 with a so, ranking of 82. So he's right on target of, of, yep, exactly. So you're not you're not overpaying for him. You're not getting him at a great value. He's fine there. Uh, and again, I, I don't have much to say about the Dak and the Cowboys because, again, I have a bias against them. But I do think that Dak is a decent quarterback. Uh, I, I worry that McCarthy just fucks everything up all the time as he does. So that's mm-hmm. always a concern. But C.D. Lamb is a very good wide receiver Uh, And that's always nice to be able to have when you're when you're pairing anything with a quarterback. So I'm I'm okay with you taking Dak as much as you are.
0: It's it feels like they're going to be a pass first type of offense. Um, I'm just not sure what they're going to do with Tony Pollard coming back from injury. Zeke being another year older, they're going to try to restructure his contract. He'll probably be there. But I just don't see those guys or even a rookie coming in and demanding the bulk share of the offense. I think it's going to be a pass first team. Mm -hmm. Who's your next man up?
1: Next man up is uh, Mr. Massage himself, Deshaun Watson. Uh, I, again, this is solely on stacks. I've taken yep. Ninjoku or Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples Jones. Those are guys that I'm, I have an, a decent amount of exposure from because uh, mm-hmm. I think you know. Again, we Deshaun Watson was fine before everything happened. Then last year he was suspended, came back, looked like dog shit.
0: Double, I think we're double. getting
1: him. I think we're we're getting him at a uh, at a discount a little bit. Mm-hmm. If he makes some plays in the preseason or in the offseason, there's some videos of him going wild. His ADP is going to rise. So I, I think that's a currently a good value. And honestly, I'm just doing it for the stacking purposes. I don't think yep. he's going to be tremendous. But as a guy who runs the ball and ran the ball efficiently on his last team, I think that that's something that he could also do as well. Scramble, make plays. And uh, I, I just think, With other guys that are going around him, he holds a decent value.
0: I have done a Cleveland Browns build where I was able to get Deshaun Watson, Nick Chubb, and Dearness Johnson, Amari Cooper, DPJ, and David Njoku. Probably add a weapon in there that might get a little bit muddied, but I do believe that they are going to like Kareem Hunt walk no reason to, to give him a payday. And I think Dearness Johnson could bump up to that RB2 role. So I've done at least one team build for the, the Browns. I don't hate it, um, but he is not someone that I've targeted uh, with immense value. I think I do just have the one share and build. No, I do. Have, I have two. I, I have two. Uh, I don't believe the the second one was – I only did one like like full build like that. I think the other one probably just has Amari Cooper. And you know me. I'm, I'm not an, uh, an Amari Cooper guy. So like that type of build is just – you know kind of contrarian to my beliefs right like oh i believe this let's just go completely opposite let's just go you know uh what's what's that world the uh the opposite world of superman i uh, it's gonna drive me nuts
1: jerry I'm seinfeld brings not, it up inside all the time i'm not a big like superhero guy so uh, yeah you're you're barking up the wrong tree asking me
0: yeah jerry seinfeld referenced it all the time can't remember it's gonna drive me nuts i'm There's more of a episode. villain guy oh yeah, yeah yeah that's right that's right yeah we'll be getting to that soon um no, I think he'll be fine. I, I like the offense. I think that they do add another receiver. I think mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson's going to offer some positive return at that, at that ADP for sure. Yep. My next man up, uh, Justin Herbert little bit of uncertainty it feels like with the chargers you know there was the talk that keenan allen could be a cap casualty gerald everett you always know that austin eckler is going to be there which is a great thing because he's just going to continuously move the chains be an option in the passing game you know really just gives you that fighting chance to just keep drives alive and you know getting close to that is a very good thing so when i've drafted austin eckler i've tried to get as much justin herbert as possible um it's tough to stack with herbert because he is someone that just kind of loves to distribute the ball like he gets everybody the ball you know we've saw uh Carter or yeah DeAndre Carter be relevant at times Josh Palmer Allen Mike Williams of course Eckler um so he likes to divvy it up but I still like stacking him with Mike Williams I don't think the ADP is too expensive it's it's a lot more expensive than the value guys you know he's at QB7 coming off the board at ADP 49 he did actually regress a bit this past year from two years ago uh, rookie season 2021 395 mm-hmm. fantasy points just 290 this past season uh, but obviously the team was uh, dealing with injuries you know they were running the ball a little bit more because of that i feel like he can bounce back i feel like he can have um outperformed last season's production for sure and i feel like this team also could be a buyer at the skill position if they want to go ahead and get a cheaper maybe like a veteran receiver or you know add another running back or tight end so we'll, we'll see what happens there but I think that, but what we but what we've seen from Herbert, you know, skill wise and skill set, and just the you know past first concept of the offense, we should feel pretty comfortable uh, with him going forward.
1: Yeah, I think he's fine going where he is. Um, and I wanted to say this for uh, for Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson has a positive delta currently mm-hmm. ADP eighty four. He's going eighty three, so that's a one. It's actually a one point four uh, positive delta. Herbert surprisingly has a negative 8.9 Delta currently going 49 rank of 58. Uh, I'm actually okay with Herbert where he's going, you know, d- yeah. d- uh, despite what the Delta is saying, Herbert has all the talent in the world. The chargers always just fuck it up for him. It just seems like everything just goes wrong for the chargers, right? The chargers charge, right? We, we, we make them a verb. So it's just, it, it's, it's, I, I see the value in Herbert. I see the playmaking ability he has along with the playmakers that are surrounded around him so i am okay with that uh and honestly i mean like you alluded to they're probably going to add somebody which will make him even better um austin is not going anywhere and, and isn't any worse than he was last year as well and and that's mm-hmm. a guy that herbert can lean on so i i think herbert is a good value there despite what the delta says uh
0: again especially if you draft austin eckler herbert at his adp is a very good buy yes uh, who was your last guy up?
1: Last guy up, Jalen Hurts. Um, this one is, is mm-hmm. a guy that I'm okay taking, as they say, naked of, where I don't feel the need to stack him because he's the first guy that – or no, I'm sorry, uh, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith both go before Hurts. But if I have mm-hmm. one of them, I definitely like to try to get Hurts. If not, I'm still okay taking him if he falls a little bit. Uh, I, I've dra- only drafted him three times, so 16%. Um, I think I've only drafted him – I think I've drafted him twice where he's naked uh, in in my build. I have nothing to stack with him outside of uh, Brown, Smith, and Goddard. The other guy that I'm okay stacking with is Gainwell. I don't really want to stack Sanders if I don't have to, because I don't think Mm -hmm. he's still there. But I'm not chasing any of these Quez walk-in dudes. I I think all of them are replaced, and I don't think the guy that's going to be the third guy is there yet. So I'm not trying to do anything at the end of the draft to, to kind of stack outside of Gainwell. Gainwell's the last guy. Uh, but, it, I mean, Hurts, I mean, what you know, what can you say about him? Every year his passing has gotten better. They're rushing the shit out of the ball. They're mm-hmm. like almost perfection on quarterback sneaks. I know that's only one or two yards at a time, but those touchdowns, a lot of those touchdowns came in, you know, with that play as well. So I, I think Hurts is a fine value at where he's going due to the fact that he's a running quarterback. He has a good offense. Everybody's coming mm-hmm. back except for the offensive coordinator. That's a little bit of a concern. Uh, you know, how do you feel about that when a when a top tier guy is going this high in drafts and his offensive coordinator leaves? Does that really scare you off of him no. or is it kind of no. like eh. are you,
0: are you scared about drafting Patrick Mahomes because Matt Nagy's calling plays over Eric Bieniemy?
1: No. I mean, Matt no. Nagy wasn't no. good. <laughs>
0: no. We're not We're not worried about that. Yeah, I mean Matt Nagy gets a bad rap. I'm not a fan whatsoever. I don't have nice things to say about him, but there he was grew a reason 15,
1: fifteen minutes away from me, by the way.
0: Sorry in Mannheim, Pennsylvania. Sorry to hear about that. Um, <laughs> he won coach of the year his first year with the Bears. I mean, he had a good plan, but when he was good with the Bears that first season, you know, like every single thing went right. Mitch Trubisky played to his ceiling, Tariq Cohen, Montgomery, Allen Robinson, etc. Like The team was amazing. Everybody played to their potential. I think that was when we had made the deal for Khalil Mack as well. Like everybody was playing up to their potential, if not higher than that. He he did not have that after that. He had regression and injuries all around him. I'm not trying to make excuses for him, but he has good weapons. Like I I I think it'll be fun to to figure things out. (laughs) You know what I mean with with Patrick Mahomes and company. I'm not worried uh, whatsoever. Like it's not like they're just gonna suddenly stop going for it on fourth down on fourth and one. And that just like money play that they have where Hertz just moves the whole line forward, or maybe the the whole line moves the line forward. But you know what I mean? Like he just goes in there first down first down big reason why I like him just keeps drives alive with his legs, with his um, dual ability, being able to run and pass. And honestly, to the stacking point, like there's opportunities everywhere. Like I actually don't hate taking Quez Watkins late because just good best ball player like there will be at least a couple of weeks where he gets up wide receiver one numbers.
1: If he's still with the team, I, I, I don't think he's going to be, which is why I'm not taking him.
0: Is, is he, is he going to be uh, not brought back? Is he at the last year of his uh, rookie contract?
1: I just think he's let go. I mean, he didn't look very oh, really? good and he, he had oh. that. I really think he lost favor when he dropped that ball in the Super Bowl. that, that he should have caught that. And uh, I, I honestly think that, you know, our boss, Sean mentioned that on a podcast and it got me thinking. I'm like, damn, you know what? That's, that's, that's right. I mean, he, you know, he's obviously yeah, that's, that's
0: also Sean losing a Super Bowl. I'll, uh, yeah, I'll take that with a grain of salt. Like, we're cutting him, he's that's off true. the team.
1: Yeah, Eddie Panero,
0: get him out of here.
1: Yeah, he just had, he had, and okay, so think back to, to week nine when they played the commanders, right? And they, and they lost to the commanders. He, Quez Watkins caught the ball, fell down, and fumbled the ball. Like, he just had too many errors. I just don't think he's back with the team. So, I'm not drafting him if somebody wants to that's completely fine they, might, tra- they I just, might
0: they might trade him but i don't know if they would cut him on a rookie contract i just
1: don't think he's the third guy on the team the third wide receiver i think it's going to be somebody sure. else sure
0: sure um but still dallas goddard favorable yep. adp we already talked about that Devontae smith if you do miss on aj brown if you draft either one first you're definitely going to stack them like that will I try happen. yeah Yeah, absolutely. That's what I mean. Like if they're there and they're available, you're going to do it. Like there's just, you're not going to turn it away unless it's your first best ball draft. And that's why we're here to notify you not to do that. (laughs) If you draft AJ Brown and Jalen Hurts is on the clock for your next pick, you draft Jalen Hurts or vice versa. If you don't know what that means, it's dictionary time. All right. My last guy up here, I'm going to do it with a quick tie. Just two guys, Brock Purdy and Trevor Lawrence, one relevant, one not so relevant. Trevor Lawrence should have a pretty strong season, you know, expected with the weapons that are going to be available around him. They're bringing back Evan Ingram. We got Calvin Ridley coming up into the mix. Another year with Christian Kirk, that connection looks super strong year one and another year with ETN also in the lineup. Obviously, Lawrence and ETN still have a very good relationship. I know that we were kind of dogging the, you know, the lack of loyalty potentially from the new, you know, era of coaching and GM. But at the same time, like, you know, Lawrence and ETN, very close, good buddies. I got to imagine quarterbacks going to go to bat for him. Uh, like him at his ADP, again, the Jags have a very nice uh, stacking ability and team-build ability. You can get Lawrence late. You can even draft Christian Kirk after Calvin Ridley. That's a great value that you can stack up with him. Uh, Evan Ingram late, probably going to go a round or two uh, up now You know, with the with the tag in place, having a little bit more concrete idea of his value and where he's going to be this year. Um, and then with Brock Purdy, it's just it's just a shot in the dark. He looked like the best quarterback uh, with the San Francisco 49ers this past season. You know, there's been varied timelines on his return. It could be week one. It could be training camp. It could be the first couple of weeks into the season. I'm still under the belief that they either keep Trey Lance on a very short leash or Brock Purdy is back and he's ready to start week one. I think at, at the ADP, it's a very, very good opportunity.
1: Yeah. Uh, man, it, I don't really have too much else to say outside of what you did. I really like Lawrence this year, though. I, I do want to make that known. Uh, I think mm-hmm. Lawrence... I I think this again like I'm not a big ETN guy at because mm-hmm. currently ADP and all of that I think it's gonna fall a little bit but I think Lawrence takes a another step forward as a passer I right? I really do um he has all the weapons to do it Evan Ingram Kirk Ridley I mean it, they're all good uh, football players so I like him a ton uh and yeah I mean like honestly I don't got too much else to add there I I, I think that both of those guys are, are are good values at where they're currently going
0: awesome good stuff uh that is all the time that we have for today do you have anything to share before we head out
1: uh no again if you haven't signed up for underdog i don't know what you're doing get get getting the best ball streets with us it's a fucking great time and use promo code sgpn
0: yep also be sure to hit up the merch store use that promo code madness first half unders they're cashing the tickets already the merch store responsible for profits. I love it. Absolutely love it. You can find me on Twitter at SGPNJB. You can find Andrew on Twitter at AROB23. That's araub 23 Take care, be well, be good. And if you can't be good, be good at it. We'll see you.